When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Monday's Terrace Podcast, the only Scottish football podcast that refuses to leave the central belt to watch football. Uh, I'm Graham Phyllis, and with me today, and I turn up for the books, I don't actually have Gary Anderson, and it is in fact definitely Monday. Uh, today I have with me Stone Cold Andy Harrow. Hello. And Tom Watt. Hello. <laughs> so, as always on Monday, we'll be looking at the weekend's action, so we'll get right into it. And we'll start on Sunday and work our way back. So first we'll head to Rugby Park as Steve Clark continues to have Brendan Rodgers' number uh, as Kilmarnock went ran out 2-1 winners over Celtic. Uh, that was some laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of a, a, actually a really good game. And uh, clearly well worth the points. Like They, they weren't just... Like in a couple of times, uh, as you say, Steve Clark looks like he's he's got Brendan Rodgers' number, and a few of the times it's been like contain them, hit them on the break. Admittedly, they scored late, but you know for the first twenty minutes they caused them all sorts of bother. Um, made Celtic look very very ordinary. Celtic came back into it, um, did look look a little bit more of a threat, but it, you know Kelly were got their tactics right, got the um, hit Celtic wide. Uh, we're mismatching them at set pieces and well worth the points yet again Steve Clark oh boy <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, a lot of the chat is obviously about how poor Celtic are and 
I guess we'll come to that as well at some point. But yeah, you've got to give credit to Calibin. This is no fluke anymore that, that he's able to do this and they keep getting results against Celtic. Um, maybe it wasn't a game of loads of chances and loads of clear cut chances, but yeah, you're definitely, as you say, Tom Kelly are kind of finding ways to match Celtic at the very least. Um, and, you know, it was a, a deserved win, I think. They, they maintain, you know, they're. They are very well organised, obviously, and, and against Celtic, especially, you need to be, you need to have everyone switched on. And But Clark's teams are pretty much always like that anyway. He's not a, a guy to have them kind of, they're not a rabble by any means. So, um, no, they're very good. And uh, Burke, I mean, it's, he's maybe gone a bit under the radar at times this season, especially, uh, but he was good and it was, a, it was a really good finish to get Kelly level. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a good header as well from Finlay. The cross, maybe the corner wasn't actually maybe that great. He kind of had to stoop for it a bit, but it was a, it was a good finish. But a good wind up in the. In the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I just again, it feels it feels a bit sort of uh, daft to talk about how come as you say, come on, being organised. It feels like you're just sort of being sort of damning with faint praise on it, but it really was very much in, in, in a huge part down to just how good Kilmarnock well, kind of all over the pitch. I mm. thought. Uh, I th- was kind of surprised and I, I'd, I'd read a few Kilmarnock fans saying they were quite surprised as well that at uh, the setup that um, that Clark had gone with and that it was sort of 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1 with Stuart just in behind Brophy as well and wondering whether particularly as the way the Celtic play whether just having the two in midfield had power and Tishbola which I'll take a punt at and see if I'm, I'm hope I'm right I think I'm closer <laughs> than Sky Sports are so we'll, we'll go with that um, but the, just the, I thought the two of them in there were absolutely fantastic uh, and I thought the way in which Tishbola and Powell both just got at Malumbu as well was as much a turning point in the game as anything else I thought in the end that Celtic were a bit fortunate to take the lead and that they hadn't been remarkably good uh, at, any, at any great point in the game um, but what I did quite enjoy uh, was Celtic's goal yes um, <laughs> Which, uh, that, was, that was quite something. Yeah, it was quite a slice, wasn't it? Greg Taylor, it would say. It would have been far better if I had just gone in the back of the net if you're assuming that Celtic were going to score anyway. That was a, that was a cracker. But, um, no, I mean, I, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think the midfield was was largely where it was one. I know Craig Anderson, uh, even though he's not on on a Monday, we can at least refer to him on numerous occasions. <laughs> but uh, the fact that Tishpola and Power were able to kind of take some control over that midfield. We weren't overawed by Brown and Malumbu in there, um, and uh, yeah, they were they were very impressive. Celtic uh, decidedly less so though. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the certainly box goal as well. Um, and again, it's I don't know how much stock you put into some of the players winding each other up and whatever else. But from the moment that Tishbola had his first sort of coming together, sort of proper coming together with Malumbu from kind of that moment and it was it really felt like a turning point in the game they, as Celtic had gone a goal up it sort of felt like it maybe petered out a little bit following that um, but Tishwell was just sort of getting in his face and why not and getting his head out of the game as much as anything else and I thought that's where the first or Kelly's equalising goal came from was and that Malumbu was far too interested in getting involved and trying to push people and push uh, Tishwell up around and he ended up having the two of them uh, standing Basically side by side, um, as Buck was was free, Henry was far too mm. far too slow and coming out to try and cover him. It looked as if Tierney was going to just. It was a mess from Celtic defensively there as well, and it wasn't so much until I actually watched it back a second time was again how Jack Henry could quite easily be culpable for 
is mm. probable for both the goals there as well and just he's just too slow um, and not quite sharp enough uh, later on as well but that one in particular he's got to go and attack the ball Buck almost looks uh, startled with how much time and space he's yeah, got and the, yeah, way, yeah. the way the ball has just sort of popped up in front of him he doesn't really have any other option and he's like, what am I? yeah of course we hit it <laughs> straight in the bottom corner so, and it, as you say Burke, has, Burke was terrific in the game and, and has been terrific over the past few weeks it's, it's nice to see because obviously he'd, he'd had a, a season at Ross County which just never really kicked off for him never really worked for him well and you wonder whether that was going to be sort of the end of Chris Burke as he sort of winds down his career but really again down to Clark, down to Chris Buck and the, the pair of them presumably helped massively by the fact that Stephen O'Donnell has legs for days behind him as well which is, is always going to help him but yeah I thought I fully agree with I thought Buck was terrific as well Yeah uh, I kind of thought when you talk about Henry I mean he's kind of emblematic of about what the problems are at Celtic just now um, the fact that, you know, I know he wasn't due to start the game but the fact that they brought him in that there was a sense when Rodgers was in the first couple of years and especially that first season that he really brought players on and he, he made them better so he made Forrest better he improved Tierney again there was a number of players that kind of looked better Sinclair was another one who looked better than he had done maybe for a wee while but Henry's come in and Henry needed support and Henry looks if anything worse than he did when he was at Dundee which I know he's kind of coming into a difficult situation and there's no one you know he, he's not like Suter was at Hearts and had better there's been no one around them A that's partly Rogers' fault for not bringing in anyone and, but B I thought Rogers' interview was, was interesting I thought Celtic have been all about kind of Brendan Rogers the last it's the ethos, since he came in ethos the style the personality and I think the first couple of seasons they kind of showcased that and the kind of showy way that Brendan Rodgers is quite a kind of flashy showy kind of guy and that was obviously the way that they played and they played a bit at Swansea and Liverpool and that's how they played I think actually they're playing a bit like Brendan Rodgers is acting now you know flat <laughs> disinterested <laughs> like, I, I, got, I really got the impression that he's no, I'm not suggesting that he's given up and he can't be bothered or anything anymore but he seems both fed up and a bit kind of lost in it just now he didn't and then again as a caveat I know he's talking to the press not his own players but you didn't get the sense that he's kind of really up for the fight at the moment and his players don't really give that sense I, I think I think there's a, there's a really I don't think I've ever seen a player go from being I don't even know if he's really as good <laughs> as this, that squad roundabout and to having his head completely turned by like a pretty reasonable but not sensational mm. World Cup to now in every game looking like I am so much better than all of you and none of you are bothering your arse. He is un- like every time I watch by and again he's one of the one of the positives for Celtic to take out the yeah. game if you can take any from every time I watch him it just, it just looks incredible. Yeah. Just strolling about the place. And I fully agree with you on that as well. He's absolutely brilliant but but, but he's completely opposite to everything yeah, else. Yeah. And then you compare him and, for example, Sinclair, who, again, I, I, this isn't Tablet and me as well, because I think it was on, on last Monday's show, um, talking about um, Sinclair and how maybe he does need a run of games in the team. But again, he just didn't, I just didn't look bothered. Doesn't bother, mm. no. Yeah, it, it, but, it's, but it, and it is across the board. That, apart, uh, but that is a weird one, but I, I, I kind of get the sense it's nothing to do with Rodgers or Celtic or anything it's the fact that he he's got has a good work yeah, his, conf- yeah. Yeah, his confidence has gone up but he's not gone up because of anything at club level it's all international level that, and the, the fact they had that bid table for him but. And, and in a weird way as well I think he's got a sort of 
just slight, or it, it looks, you know, you can never read too much into body language or anything like that, but it does look a little bit like, guys, yeah. <laughs> am I going to have to do this again? <laughs> Come on, give me... Yeah, I mean, like the, I think so much of it comes down to the fact that they've they've coasted, and I think Roger said something like that about you know you don't stay still, like staying still is mm-hmm. going backwards or words to that effect, and the, I, I still find it incredible that a, a club set up to sell and make money from huge transfer fees was surprised that a club came in with a huge transfer fee and took a, mm. one of their best players never mind the fact that they haven't bought in a defender and they've needed one for three weeks like Jack Henry <laughs> has lots of potential but he should be a third or fourth choice uh, centre-back who is learning his trade alongside more experienced players he shouldn't be like chucked in and it's like what is he going to do wrong next because he's just getting murdered You know, he's just yeah. getting sacrificed and his confidence isn't there Sorry, no, no I was just going to say I, I, they're kind of between a, a since Rodgers came in I kind of think this was always inevitable that it was going to happen because they're caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of Celtic have that model like you say Tom they've always had it, like the, the especially over the, the last 10 years when Rangers have been struggling that they've had a bit of time to develop people and then flog them off but Rodgers that's not the type of manager Rodgers is Rodgers sees himself as being a sort of Premier League manager he still sees himself as that and while he can obviously adapt it to some degree, he still expects Celtic to spend quite a lot of money in order to make Celtic as strong as possible. Like he sets his sights maybe higher than certain other managers would have done as, as manager of Celtic, uh, and the, the board were never really going to be able to match that. So the board got a bit of a problem in that they, they didn't do anything from a you know they, they I suppose they they gave a lot of money for Edward, but they maybe didn't either make it clear to Rodgers there wasn't going to be anything else it, he's, he seems to have a totally different expectations to the board which is weird given as you say that's the way Celtic have always operated and again I think the emblematic of that is, is somebody like um, I thought it was interesting really, as you say obviously Henry only came in because Benkovic uh, had a, an injury in the, in, during the warm up and I did wonder who I, I had a quick look to see if I could feed, see who had been bumped up to the, the subspin mm. from there I couldn't find anything particularly but I kind of presumed it was Lewis Morgan who was then the guy who after an hour Celtic turned to who then go and try and change the game and get themselves back into the game and again it's not not, not to be critical of Morgan I think Morgan's a magic player and I think there's every chance he'll take Christie's role on the team for example because I think Morgan's a better player than him I think he's a, he's, he's more potential of, of being a being a, a starting Celtic player than Ryan Christie does but there's two or three bodies in that, that starting eleven for Celtic from Sunday who with all around the world they're not Celtic players somebody like Malumbu coming into the team looks like a perfect fit for the Sunday after he played on the Thursday and bear in mind this is the first time they've, they've properly done this after a group stage game this is something they've got to do another five times where they've got to turn up on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday early Sunday lunch there or Sunday afternoon and try and get a result and the boys that he's turned to at this occasion and Mikey Johnson again was fine contributed again, the other night was fine Christie really didn't offer a huge amount Sinclair really didn't offer a huge amount Malumbu was good in bits and pieces but then as I say I think he was culpable for the goals Hendry wasn't good enough um, Lustig again I, I think we've, it's been done to death it's been, it's been done to death at this point Morgan's still a young player McGregor's going to be in and out because he's going to be starting on Thursday it's not it's not a promising position to be in with as you say with, as I say with this, you've got to do this almost five times when 
we'll get on to Rangers in a little bit but again when Hearts is continuing to pick up points when everyone else is continuing to pick up points at some point you need to raise the level again it's not going to get any easier Celtic play again on uh, Wednesday night this week as well so they've got another game hmm. it's, it's you're asking an awful lot from a, a squad which at the moment looks tired and, and looks fairly uninspiring um, on the other hand Kirk Broadfoot's pretty good he's <laughs> <laughs> somebody Kirk Broadfoot he looked like he enjoyed it I think that's a nice way of putting it yeah and as, as you say um, I really enjoy Findlay Findlay's one of my favourite uh, moments from last year where he's, he's pointing up and down jumping up and down celebration um, and his goal on Sunday as well he didn't look like he had the faintest idea of what to do with himself <laughs> just case, I'm so happy I'm just going to run somewhere anywhere um, just to get very excited about it um, and yeah I, I realise we've talked a lot about Celtic here but come on Mike again as you say from from the awful terrific and a lot of teams a, a lot of teams will do this against the old firm against better teams whether it's, whether it's in Scotland anywhere else they'll turn up they'll do well for the first like, 20 minutes half an hour and how you react to setbacks is is, is a, a mark of a team I would say and losing that goal could quite easily come on like, particularly the players involved in it and there's guys like Taylor who is a I mean, every week, sort of seven, eight, nine out of ten for Kilmarnock in terms of his consistency. He just has a daft moment. A bad thing happens, but again, it didn't. Break, they didn't break the string at all. I thought they, they looked even better uh, after Celtic scored as well. So, yeah, grand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So from uh, Rugby Park, we'll head on Ibrox for the high scoring game of the weekend as Rangers absolutely tanked St Johnston. Five-one. Um, uh, we goes from Tavernier, Morelos, Arfield, Lafferty, and Candeas. Uh, with Blair Alston getting his regular goal at Ibrox or something <laughs> <laughs> how, that, how that's become a, a regular for Blair Alston I'm not entirely sure but there you go yeah if uh, Celtic were suffering from a bit of a hangover Rangers definitely weren't uh, it helped they were at home They've, Rangers have still got their, their issues away from home but yeah they looked very impressive and Morelos especially I, he took his goal really well and he was involved in I think three of the other four uh, either kind of if you count pre-assists I think uh, he was definitely he had some of them but no he looked uh, he looked really good in Rangers I mean they do look kind of exciting at home they look a team that are they've got so many different threats um, and they've got a bit more depth on the bench so that when teams are tiring they can they can still cause you problems um, they had a lot of joy down the right hand side as well I think it was Tavernier, Candace and Morelis quite often find themselves out there as well. Uh, yes, and Johnson didn't really manage. It was Tanzer, I think, right back. Didn't really manage to cope with them at all. I think it much support either. Um, so yeah, they were they were pretty good overall. Yeah, and Morelis was. I mean, he's had his critics this season for for obvious reasons, but it's like what he does best. He was so physical. He like caused so many problems with it. Uh, just putting his body in the way of things uh, I thought Tavernier was, was great um, unlucky not to get a, a, another goal uh, St Johnson were pretty hopeless but like you say Rangers look like they've got a good squad They're, some of the players that come in in the summer are starting to click um, I actually thought that they, they must have taken a, a hell of a lot of confidence from the from the game mm-hmm. in the Europa League last week when actually I thought it was one of their worst performances of the season but they hung in there and they got back and then they got back and they could have ultimately mm. won the game and you know if you're doing things like that against against um, you know, Spanish sides then you, you've got to take an awful lot from them but they looked like it, it's one of the few times that I've seen them in, in the top flight when it looked like Rangers like mm. it looked like a, a Rangers team which didn't look like we're going to hope to win this it was like they, they, I mean, they absolutely crushed St mm. Johnston uh, and 
from all angles and Tavernier's got his, his problems defensively but when he goes forward he's such a good attacking threat and St Johnson didn't know what to do with him didn't know what to do with him. Uh, Morelos thought Rangers midfield was good all round they, they look pretty damn good and again as, as you say I think the, the difference in, in terms of results in midweek Rangers come back from that and go look we didn't have a good game but at the same time we still came away from what will probably be our hardest game in the group we took a point from it a huge yeah. away from it again five different scorers yeah. on, on Sunday as well it's got to be it's got to be a positive for them from a St Johnston perspective I thought it was really strange that um, it seemed a very Tommy Wright thing to do to have the last sort of two or three weeks they're a very consistent team they've been um, playing well they're doing really well uh, and a big part of that has been uh, David McMillan um, who has I think he's been involved in four of St Johnston's last five goals in one way or another either scoring or setting up for somebody else um, so he was dropped for David Wallerspoon <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so uh, again I, I really like David Wallerspoon but I don't think he's had a good game in six months yeah. um, it just seemed a very Tommy Wright uh, Tommy Wright moment and I do wonder whether um, he had a, 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 an eye firmly set on uh, Tuesday night or sorry Wednesday night when they take on Celtic um, on the basis that St Johnston's season's not going to be defined in any way by results at Ibrox but the opportunity to take on a, a weakened Celtic side I think it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fair to say or a, a troubled Celtic side at the moment the opportunity to turn up and, and take them on um, and take yourself to a cup semi-final is a, is a huge opportunity for them um, and out of the out of all the teams in the, in the quarter-final in the Betfred Cup perhaps or Motherwell aside certainly or is there, is there a team in there other than Celtic that you, you desperately there's nobody there's no team that's left there that you desperately want to play just now everyone's mm. in good form except Motherwell uh, so <laughs> even even the United have fired themselves back to the top of the championship so again really opportunity a real opportunity mm. for them there as well um, I thought as well it was it was notable um, how much uh, Joe Shocknessy just kind of took a doing yeah he got absolutely done I do from time to time again I really like Shocknessy as a player but from, for a guy the size that he is and as big and as, 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 as strong as he looks he is bullied um, quite a lot and as you say with how Morelos was playing um, on Sunday as well he took it to pieces just mm. over and over again he just didn't look like he knew what to do he knew what to do with him and again alongside Kerr who I think is a, a smashing player it's either it's either going to be Anderson or Shockness he's the, the other centre half there and kind of whichever one you take you're going to struggle there because Anderson doesn't have the legs anymore Shockness he isn't really physical enough or isn't using his body in, a, in the way he possibly should do uh, something that was highlighted in the tennis group earlier was how furious uh, Koulibaly was at Borelis we didn't yeah. see it to him as well which yeah thoroughly enjoyable yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, for, for St Mirren I think yeah, it is a bit of a cliche but they can ignore it a bit given that they've had such a good uh, kind of positive start to the season and the fact that they have the Celtic game which is a, a far bigger win and the fact that Celtic look so beatable at the moment um, you would think you would like to think McMillan would come back in for that I can understand why he'd play Wotherspoon and that he's maybe a bit more aware of his defensive responsibilities than McMillan but it obviously didn't work uh, yeah um, Wotherspoon's a wee bit in the kind of Stephen Whitaker mode at the moment <laughs> he's kind of continually playing but not very really, unkind yeah, yeah. terribly unkind yeah uh, you're possibly a wee bit <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean I think they'll they can just ignore that one and move yeah, forward yeah absolutely um, so on Steve Whitaker uh, that takes us to Downs Park 
uh, for Hibernian absolutely well as you say Hibernian absolutely lost Dundee uh, Dundee played well for a while mm. didn't get their goal and then lost 3 nothing because that's what Dundee said yes this Dundee football club at the moment so thoughts on, thoughts on Dundee nil Hibernian 3 Canberra Boyle and Aggie Pong the scorers for Hibs I mean Dundee have they're in a really, really strange situation in many ways in that they actually have created quite a few chances in recent matches I mean the some of the games I've seen involved in the last few weeks they've had chances they just look like they have no confidence no um, no belief that they're going to score and they look, the minute that they go behind like sack this we're all, we're all off yeah I mean for about 15 minutes to start the game uh, they look good they were they maybe shaded it in the first half but at the moment Hibs, I mean, Hibs had a couple of really good chances as well uh, Daryl Horgan missed a was a good chance in the first half, but the moment Dundee went behind, they just they just look like the team. They look like a team with no points, mm. and they don't look like a team that's going to get off no points anytime quickly. The way that they're they're playing, they're, they don't look like they're playing for their manager. They don't really know what they're look like they know what they're doing. They're stumbling into opportunities and not taking them, and just getting. Getting crushed was the moment they, they drop it. Was it just me, or is it? Didn't Adil Nabi have the same shot twice? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had to watch it with three times to make sure the, the highlights hadn't been edited badly. And it wasn't just me that had watched Adil Nabi do the same thing twice. Um, I know Gary was um, keen to highlight that uh, Shalman uh, looks like a player. And I, again, I, I, again, I still agree with him that there's a, an opportunity there. But everything around Dundee is yeah, that whole team is just really poorly set up at the moment. I mean, Hibs for the past since Christmas last year have relied almost entirely on the width. Or a huge part of their play has been the width and the yeah. quick switches between the two. You had Boyle on the right, with Horgan on the left, Larry with Agupong uh, on the right as well. Um, and in order to counter this, uh, Dundee played a diamond in midfield <laughs> and had a guy who, I mean, again, Calvin Mill looks like a good option going forward for Dundee um, the only problem being that Dundee don't know what a winger is for mm. I don't know what he's there for so playing him at left back as well because there's no midfield because the midfielders aren't supporting him and you can see on all three of the, the Hibs goals just how hideously exploited the left back or the left back area and obviously the, the three of them came from the same sort of area so it's, it's, and it's unfair I feel sort of unfair picking on uh, Miller and then latterly Kerr who obviously he was shifted over to try and help um, it's just a really badly set up team and that's not on the players you're asking players to do things that they cannot do mm. which as we said before like if you're going to set up your team in order to play you play to your strengths and that's what the good teams in the league are doing that's what Kilmarnock are doing uh, that's very much what Hibs are doing as well. what the bad teams are doing to be fair but just setting yourself up with that it's, it's mad mm. I mean you get Boyle on the wing Hogg on the wing Stevenson gets followed really well Gray gets followed really well all that's going to happen is eventually your, your fullback's going to even if your, your fullback's having the best game of his life at some point he's going to run out of good luck during the game and the fortune runs out and at some point you're going to concede and the fact that they conceded as I say three almost identical goals is, is, is absolutely tantalizing it's, it's, it's so clear um, it's amazing that McCann hasn't picked up on it or is just refusing to acknowledge it yeah I, they, I mean the, the problem with Dundee they, they, excuse me they obviously started okay and I think Hibs they got at Hibs a bit they were a bit unsure of their shape and they had Milligan 
starting, I think it was his first game, Milligan, yeah. uh, uh, in the first 11. So they were able to do that a bit, and if they'd, maybe if they'd scored, do you think they could go in from there? I think Hibs have shown over the, the start of the season that they're not that confident yet, they're a bit nervous about their defensive side of the game. Um, they sometimes are a bit confused shape wise, but they didn't get that advantage, and the fact that they do crumble or Dundee crumble is really worrying for them it, is, it does feel like something that might be able to be um, improved by a new manager coming in it does feel like it kind of needs a new energy or something, McCann kind of really feels like he's on his last legs, I can't imagine it. It, he's going to last more than another game or two without winning it, it just seems impossible um, I mean I saw McGowan was kind of complaining about it today that the fact that they'd had that happens every single time at the moment that they look they can look okay and they have been getting better in that sense they've not looked absolutely dross from the start but as soon as a goal goes in that's their that's their heads going down on a positive the two defenders look like they might be a slight improvement on what they had I mean not that I mean, take very much but yeah. <laughs> neither of them are Kasunga so no exactly I know well is it even all three of them Kasunga, Day and Meekins you know none of them are involved and I think that can only be a good thing going forward <laughs> but, um, but probably with a different manager to be honest yeah what they really need is a manager who understands what it's like to play as a winger yeah I mean every time every, uh, I, I mean, I understand McGowan's points that uh, every, you know and, and everything he said, but it's not like Dundee have been bad for this season. Dundee no. have been bad for you know for huge swathes of last season as well. And I think it's pretty damning that they don't have a particularly awful squad. It, it's not a great squad. It's not a squad that's ever going to chance for the top six. But if you looked at their squad in comparison to some of the teams that are round about them, they've mm-hmm. got better individuals. And they just don't seem to want to be playing for the manager. And you know there are plenty of decent managers out of work at the moment. Not that I would wish any harm on Neil McCann, but it's a bit of a joke now. Yeah, and it, as you say, whether it's, I can't find it difficult to be too terribly critical of Dundee players because it's a criticism which is often thrown at players. Like, oh, they're just not playing for the manager. Like, well, they can do everything that McCann's telling them to do. And it, they seem to be sticking to what he wants them to do but what he wants them to do is the wrong thing to do hmm. um, and if you continue to ask people to do it it was the same with Stubbs at St Mirren again you can ask them to do whatever you like but if you're conceding three goals in the, in, well Stubbs it was against uh, Hearts conceding was it three four goals in the first hmm. half like, that's not on them hmm. they can make mistakes fine. You, somebody makes a mistake you lose a goal individual error fine but if you're conceding four goals because nobody knows where they are where they're meant to be kind of find it difficult to, to be critical on anyone other than the manager and as you say it's not that McCann's been there for six weeks um, somebody will want to in a minute had a bit of a hard weekend but he's been there for literally two weeks it's difficult to be critical of it um, but yeah it's, it's tough on him but uh, how about Martin Boyle getting chased by two countries for a national call at this point he'll <laughs> make the World Cup <laughs> <laughs> yeah your Panini sticker book 2022 Martin Boyle for Australia um, yeah uh, that's yeah I don't really know what to point, what to make of this uh, but you know yeah apparently his, uh, his teammates are uh, now all trying to convince him to turn up for Australia I've not watched Australia in a very long time I'm not sure if they're crying out for a winger who slightly over promises and under delivers <laughs> but fair play to him do you know what I, I've, I've been Assuming that at some point Boyle is going to regress to the mean for the past 
year now, more mm. or less, and hasn't. So I think it's now. This is just what he is now. I don't like, It's not a case of like he had three months of form. Like for, for example, you see Gary McKay Stephen at the start of the season was on fire for for Aberdeen was taking taking on Burnley and was great and was being touted for an international cup because at least form at that exact moment in time is, is absolutely right. Boyle's been this level Boyle's been this level of sort of really great form and that sounded like it was him going past outside there as well. <laughs> but like even just like so his his touch for was it the his goal, the ball just drops it and he mm. kills it stone dead. I didn't even know he could do that. Yeah. Genuinely yeah. didn't even know he could do that. I think he's 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 been absolutely terrific but um yeah, just to finish uh, finish off my thoughts, I, I thought it was terribly unfair of Hibs to bring on Aggie Pong. <laughs> <laughs> it's two nothing. Just stand off, let, let, take your foot off the neck. <laughs> They're already dead. Yeah, um, really, really, really unfair. Uh, any more on Dundee Hibs? No. Uh, no, I thought Hibs were. Um, I think we touched on it briefly earlier. Um, they're quite they're quite a strange side because they don't look like they've entirely clicked yet, but they're still kind of toasting any kind of average sides. And you know yeah. they, they, they've put a couple of them away now without too much sweat. They've got a good uh, they've got a, a fair bit of depth now, um, and it does look like a matter of time before they click if they're playing like that and coming away with three. Um, Massive caveat, obviously, that it was Dundee playing suicide Kamikaze football. <laughs> but um, no, they, they've certainly on paper they look like they've improved on last season. They do seem to have more. I was, I was a bit critical of them last year because the, the first eleven, once you go went beyond that, felt a bit thin. This year just seems a bit more depth. And they got Aggie Pong, Shaw, uh, Porto, and Heinemann, and then Whitaker and Bartley in there as well. And just there's just more bodies. There's McLaren still to come back as well. There's just an awful lot more there. Uh, they've got an awful lot more options. Um, I actually think this is a, a really interesting week uh, ahead, and I think Hibs are a big part of that as well. Whether St Johnston can really take on Celtic, whether they've really got the, the belief to go into that, and Hibs, whether they can uh, take on Aberdeen as well. So it's a big test for Aberdeen and um, Broadley as well. Um, but I think Hibs, if they're going to, if their season's going to kickstart, I think it'll be, I think it'll be against uh, Aberdeen on Tuesday night. Grand. So we'll head off to the the Hope CBD Arena, possibly, um, where Hamilton hosts St Mirren three nothing uh, with a double from Michael Miller and one from Frederick Brustad as well. So yeah, uh, Hamilton doing Hamilton. Yeah, St Mirren doing never Saturday. put Hamilton on your cooking. <laughs> never ever put them on. Uh, aye, I kind of came out of nowhere. The major caveat is that it is against St Mirren. St Mirren had obviously looked a lot better against Celtic but in a, in a way actually for a manager coming in as much as playing against Celtic is not what you want as your first game in a sense it's easier to get players to buy into something easily because largely what you're doing is playing behind the ball making sure you're not leaving too many spaces there's nothing too complicated in that uh, it's fairly relatively speaking, graphed, relatively yeah. speaking easiest instructions to follow it's when you've got to be a bit more expansive and uh, open up and try and create chances that's where you maybe have the, the difficulty and I think St Mirren to a degree found that against Hamilton they were also uh, one of the biggest issues with St Mirren and Kieran's going to find is that they've got a terrible squad uh, so <laughs> the, uh, the bad thing about St Mirren is they've not got any good players <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean basically I mean they had Baird and McGuinness I think were out injured Coulson went off after about half an hour so you had Paul McGinn playing centre half. Um, had a young boy Cameron McPherson in to play right back. Centre mid, I believe. Yeah. So 
and then it's Hodgson over on the left rather than on the right. So yeah. yeah. So you're you're really putting pretty soggy sticking plasters over your uh, your injuries there. Um, for Ham, I mean, on the other the other hand, Hamilton that is pretty impressive. And, and the, there was actually for a rare thing for Hamilton, they actually looked quite exciting going forward, which ne- almost never happened. They just, I thought, I thought Hamilton looked absolutely terrific, and it's it's weird again, as you say, now put Hamilton in your cooking because last week they were getting an absolute doing off Livingston in a game which Livingston should have put more past them. Whereas this week they looked composed. In control, all, well, apart from Darry McKinnon's tackle, <laughs> um, just looked composed and, and capable all over the park. Um, Matthew Kogallan, it's, it's a nice sort of uh, parallel between him and Ferdinand, both of whom have not played an awful lot of football recently. Whereas Kogallan looks fit and ready to play football, he was, I thought he was absolutely, from watching the game, he looked absolutely terrific. He was commanding, he was dragging the rest. I mean, it's it's a very inexperienced uh, Aki's sort of back three there um, and he was just dragging them about the place telling them exactly where they're meant to be because that's what you expect when you're if you're, if you're bringing somebody of a realised stature it might not be the right thing but Matthew Kilgallen's a guy who's played at a decent level for a big part of his career is obviously as I think I said before just he should know how to play centre half whereas Anton Ferdinand again it's difficult to be critical of a guy who's arrived a fortnight ago but he just looked knackered almost mm. immediately he just didn't look fit and ready to play and just the difference between the two um, sort of, I thought it really highlighted the differences between the team as well is that obviously Michael Miller got his double um, it looked like he had a far freer role than he did against Livingston Livingston it looked like he was having to play he was having to go and get the ball all the time so he was having to be in deeper in the park and go deeper and deeper and get the ball whereas it looked like he just kind of left it to go like you just go and play which is very much the role that Templeton had last year so if they've found somebody to fill that role in Miller then Aki's might just about be okay with that finding obviously replacing Templeton was the big thing that nobody thought they'd be able to do if they've done that then that's a huge bonus for them I think well, I mean, Hamilton stay up every single year and like if you could bottle the, the one thing that they, <laughs> like they don't seem to be they don't seem to get carried away by these like they have a few of these every mm-hmm. season where they're mm-hmm. like crush someone unexpectedly they don't seem to get carried away with either the big wins or the inevitable like six or seven that they lose in, you know, at some point during the season and just the level of self-belief I don't know whether it's every single season Hamilton is right Hamilton are going down Hamilton will finish ninth they'll be fine <laughs> they'll be absolutely fine because like, they will never put together five wins out of five they'll never take you know a, a, a get a run of near the top of the form table but they'll never go on like eight games without a win yeah. and and the, the one the one game in those eight that will be the turn up will be against Aberdeen yeah. or Hearts yeah, yeah, yeah. or so whoever, whoever's doing well so yeah there's just, the, the, just the, there's something and it's you know it's credit to the, how they've set up and the manager and everything you know their, their ethos that they've gone through however many squads and they still do it they still seem to have this like, they don't seem to get sunk and not many other teams can do that. I can say that. Can St Mirren hold on until January? Because you would you would imagine that come January there will be a lot of business done. I mean, St. there's a couple of free agents like floating around St Mirren as well just now. He's clearly just looking at it, going like, I can't work with what's mm-hmm. here. Um, the place, as you said, Andy, the, the squad's in an awful state. So can St Mirren string together enough results or 
at least string together not enough losses uh, until January do we think? I I think so I think there's enough poor teams in the league at the moment to suggest that you can even if even if Simmerin really don't pick up at all, they're not going to be completely stranded at the bottom. I mean, how long McCann gets it done? Do you don't know that's maybe going to have an impact on it? But they're not going. To, that's not going to be a quick fix either. Um, Hamilton are never going to be miles ahead of the, the bottom two. So I think you can definitely pick up enough points in some of the kind of games against mid-table teams to to keep yourself in there. But yeah, they do need a kind of drastic. It's, it almost feels a wee bit like the season Jack Ross came yeah. in where they just needed a total overhaul uh, because of the number of crap players that they've brought in over I, the summer I, mean, I think it is pretty, like there's plenty of damning statistics about Alan Stubbs' tenure mm. at but the fact that they've come out and said you know it's going to take more than a couple of weeks to undo what he did in like six weeks you yeah. know like it took six <laughs> weeks to turn it and you know we're not the we're now talking about oh you know the, the damage done in that time that is incredible by like, any way you want to John is it, absolutely John I'm really buzzing for the damn buddies oh yes. um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he's 57 days he's taking a chainsaw <laughs> to Jack Ross's death <laughs> yeah. yeah any more for any more in St. Mm-hmm. no okay no. <laughs> right uh, we'll move on to our final two games here um, so we'll move on to Aberdeen versus Motherwell, which saw Aberdeen pick up their first home win of the se- home win of the league season, with uh, James Wilson getting the goal. Um, yeah, it was a goal in the game. It was a goal in the game. There wasn't an awful lot else. Um, he looks like he's like he's obviously got quality. His touch is great. Um, it was a great finish, really instinctive. But he looks so off the pace. <laughs> It just looks like you know, like the fat lad they play five of with, yeah. who was like really, really shit hot yeah. back in the day, yeah. and he's still pinging them in from like, miles away, but is dying on his arse after fifteen minutes. Like he had a really he he, he held the ball up really well in like the third minute and scored in the sixth, and then was taken off just after an hour. But he could easily have come off a little earlier. He did not look he did not look at the races, but you know there's there's quality in there. Um, not an awful lot to to pick up on. Um, McInnes went with the two up front, and Sam Cosgrove was very effective at jumping and letting the ball go out to play. <laughs> he was a target for the long ball out from the back and I, occasionally I saw, winning a foul. I saw some Aberdeen fans saying that Cosgrove hasn't seemed to grasp that just winning the header is not the right thing to do. You need to win it and direct it towards another Aberdeen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I mean, he's quite good at putting the head ball straight up in the air from a, a long ball. Out from How there. like because obviously May's been playing up front on his own quite mm-hmm. a bit. Why at this point do the Dabbledine switch to sticking Wilson up front with Cosgrove? May must have been sitting at the side going, "I fucking told you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a strange one, and um, it's, and like Bruce Anderson started the season well as well, mm. and it does seem strange, especially as it was you know, it wasn't a great. Match by any stretch, but um, Gary McKay Stephen had a good game. Now McGinn had a good game, and if the two of them play well, then Aberdeen tend to play the ball around on the deck a bit more. Um, Wilson did enough, and, and rather than having some sort of physical target man there, it did seem a bit strange there wasn't someone else to try and move the ball about a bit. Um, not a not not pretty, not one to live long in the memory. Uh, like I say, McKay Stephen was good again, and his 
Aberdeen have put an awful lot of emphasis on him being consistent and he is like the least consistent yeah. uh, creative player in, in Scotland but he has had a good good few weeks um, and uh, Devlin uh, Devlin was excellent coming back but other than that it was a pretty turgid game I thought it was interesting that Mackay Stephen looked very and, and, a, and a bunch of clips looked very good and that he was taking looked very good he looked very good he was taking the ball on he was taking people on with confidence but it was Niall McGinn that provided the assist because yeah. What Niall McGinn does, what Gary yeah. McKay-Steven does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you would say at least Aberdeen ground it out. We were talking last week about yeah. the fact that the Aberdeen have maybe yeah. struggled to do that recently, but the fact that they actually managed to, in the face of not a lot of resistance, I suppose, from. The, the, uh, one question was that a penalty that Constantine won in three of that? I thought it might have been. I thought I thought it was, but I, I see Motherwell fans this week or this weekend are blaming. Last weekend it was it was Bucci's fault, and this weekend it's uh, the referee's fault that we're not winning games of football. But yeah. I, I think it could have been a penalty. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I don't think there's any real doubt in that. Yeah. There was one at the end as well, which was I think it was Considine. It's a corner just at the end who was waving. Lewis mm. made a good save from it, which was an even better save when you realise the header had been deflected off Considine's hand in the way through. <laughs> um, but again, like yeah. Motherwell just looked tortured. Don't look. There's there's no real excitement there. Um, the great hope of Craig Tanner coming back and playing is also now uh, on the back burner as well, as he's had to have another operation. So mm. that's magic for Motherwell. Um, yeah, as I said last week, it's much the same for Motherwell. Much the same as last week. It's, it's thin margins. Things just not quite clicking as it is. Um, again, I don't really know what else to say about Motherwell. It's the, it's the same thing as it was before. Same thing as last week. They're not really creating chances. Um, the recruitment in the summer, recruiting for 12 to 16 or whatever it was, still seems a bit mad in that the signings that he's made, the only one that's consistently coming in is, is Salmon and uh, Johnson. Um, Salmon was hooked after an hour after doing what looked like pretty much nothing, um, while Bowen still sits. Again, it's very strange. It was good to see David Turnbull getting back in the game. Um, I'd be very happy to see more of him, particularly if Tanner's going to be out for another period of time. But the signings that Motherwell have made aren't playing um, so it, none of it makes a, a great deal of sense to me which leaves us with uh, Premiership leaders Hearts who drew nothing each for Livingston uh, anybody get anything <laughs> <laughs> who's got something was it a penalty uh, I don't think it was a penalty I think it's very soft yeah, it's very soft yeah um, but oh god that I, I thought McLean's reaction sounds... to the penalty was about, I, I, I think that uh, maybe clouded my judgement and that it wasn't a penalty given that he was celebrating <laughs> and I know it's Stephen McLean that's why again he's just doing, doing Stephen McLean stuff but uh, yeah I think if you're celebrating that no not for me I, the, the, all pretty much I saw after the game were some Hearts fans getting a bit hit up about the fact that it was kind of big physical living scenario <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean yeah, it's, it was a completely unsurprising result between Hearts and Livingston given how both teams play I think the fact that they largely cancel each other out is not a massive surprise um, more positives for Livingston I suppose that again they were good defensively looked dangerous enough on the break I think Menga looked alright I, 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 I think Menga's going to be a lot of fun yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it's, as, as Livy were expecting their centre forward to be Kenny Miller for a year yeah. <laughs> the fact that their centre forward is now Menga who looks like a great laugh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Right. yeah. I'm not, not going to worry about it and both yeah. teams uh, are 
certainly Holtz, uh, Livingston remain unbeaten and Hearts remain unbeaten, mm. which I think at this stage of the season, if anyone had claimed that in the build up to the season, they'd have been told that they were meant yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you can be too worried from a Hearts point of view that you get a draw with that. You're not going to win every single game. And well, <laughs> you might. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the fact is, you've kind of got, if you, know, you lose to say Livingston, you draw with Livingston at home. Looking at it in a kind of website three years later, there maybe doesn't look like a great result. But when you look at it as it currently stands in terms of the form of Livingston, that's it's okay. It's yeah. not a big problem. I think it was it was a very good penalty save. I think yeah, it was a very good that. save. It was, a, it was a very good save, and I think we probably found out more about Livy than we did about Hearts. Um, you know, Hearts will will have those games. They had enough chances you know they hit the post late on written it in the last minute they had a penalty they had a, you know there were a couple of other chances just didn't really go their way didn't click for them they were pretty poor themselves but I thought very I don't know if I've seen it's almost like Livy have gone out of their way to find a manager that like fits the, the, mm-hmm. the, the it's, personality it's, it's, the it's weird because like, very quickly it's like the, got, it's the, like the anti-Dundee yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can think of a team that have kind of embodied this, the spirit of their manager and they've done it so quickly yeah. as, as Livy seemed to because they're you know they're they're solid they're workmanlike but they've got this sort of like chaos factor to them as well that makes them a bit of a laugh Fuck. yeah it's bad <laughs> smashing um, is that us guys mm-hmm. yeah so. smashing well thanks very much for tuning in once again uh, we are available on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're sh- terracepodcast at, dm- at gmail.com. Uh, we are off to do the Patreon, which is a knowing terrace podcast, knowing you, because um, unfortunately none of us at the time are watching the lower league football, so we can't do the lower league winners and losers. So apologies to the lower league fans for that. Um, we'll do our very best in the future. Um, but yeah, we'll be on the Patreon, we can sign up at terrace, uh, patreon.com slash terracepodcast if you want to know a little bit more about Andy, me, and Tom. Uh, so thanks very much Andy cheers thanks very much Tom cheers thanks very much Graham Sports Social Podcast Network hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.